0: You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us here at Napa Broadcasting. It seems like just yesterday that we were deep in the heart of a local election campaign. But as we know from campaigns on the state and national level, governing is a lot different than campaigning. Unlike some other races, the tone of the Napa City Council race was civilized, collegial, and professional. But that doesn't mean that there weren't real issues and differences that affect all members of our community. As the county struggles with its strategic plan, with self-loathing industry groups, with electives fearful of both the public and the next election, the city faces the more traditional urban issues of growth, housing, development, public infrastructure, and always looking to define exactly what kind of community we want to be. To examine this in the new year, I can think of no one better than Napa City Councilwoman Mary Louros. She previously served on the council. She knows the issues that the city faces. And she's faced the voters twice in the span of just two years, once unsuccessfully and was just successfully elected and returned to the council. She brings a sense of what needs to be done as well as a sense of what the public wants. That's why as our first guest of the new year, I've asked Mary Louros to join us here at Napa Broadcasting. Mary, thanks so much for coming in.
1: Thank you for having me. Well,
0: it's great to have you here. Uh, Having run twice in, in the course of two years or so, was the public different each time? Did you find that that the mood was different?
1: Yes, I would say the first time around. There's always a a general feeling amongst people who are paying attention in an election. A general feeling of Ugh, you're not, you know, the city's not getting it right. It's it's not going well. This last time around, I would say people were really paying more attention to specific things that the city was doing or not doing correctly. Uh, especially with the Civic Center. uh, People were really concerned about that, and people just generally seem to be really paying more attention this time around. I think 2016, that entire election, from the top down to the bottom, um, really was eye-opening and awakening for a lot of people.
0: Were they paying
1: more attention
0: because they cared about how it was gonna resolve itself, or that these were issues that were important to them and their neighbors, or was there an anger level that was out there? Certainly, you know, we saw, for example, countywide in Measure C that there was so much anger floating around out there. Did you sense that that there was that in the city, or was it just sort of paying attention for the sake of, of good government?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that people were angry so much as concerned. You know, everybody's concerned about their issues and what affects them and their families. Um, I didn't see a lot of people— really, truly angry in general. I saw a lot of people who were just confused, um, hadn't received the information that they wanted, um, who just were concerned, validly concerned about their community. Mm -hmm. What were the things that concerned them? Well, definitely the Civic Center. People, you know, that was one of the number one issues. Housing, just the general cost of living in Napa and how expensive it is to live here. Um, It's getting harder and harder for people to afford to be here.
0: Was there a sense that that was a solvable problem? You know, it was different. You know, we talked about this, obviously, as I I did with all the candidates during the campaign, and and certainly housing was front and center, and everybody talked about it. But now we're we're beyond the campaign. There's the reality of, of what, if anything, and certainly there are some things that can be done about it. But is there a sense that this isn't really a problem we can build our way out of? You know, I was reading a story the other day that in San Francisco, there's been five to 6,000 units per year added, and it's made not a drop in the bucket difference in terms of rents and costs and everything else. And the same article pointed out that in New York, at the height of New York's sort of gentrification and development going back, you know, 15 years or so, they were adding 30,000 units per year and it made not a dent in bringing rents down.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're so far behind in California about where we need to be in terms of producing units that it becomes less of a problem that we can tackle, certainly not something that we're going to be able to fix in my four years in office, um, but it becomes more of a conversation that we need to have. Um, We need to, as a community, come together and really decide what's important to us. How big do we want to be? Um, Do we want to go up? Do we want to go out? Um, I would say in Napa that the Ag Preserve is one of the most important things that we have, um, and protecting that means that we as a community need to understand why it's important, and what role then the city has to play in that. And that means that we need to be denser in the city. We need to go up, um, and we have to make some sacrifices.
0: Do you think that there's the political will to do that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, in my, what, month now in office, um, I've had some really good conversations, um, not only at the city level, but with county officials um, and county staff about, you know, how do we do this from a regional approach? Um, and what are the ways that we can do that. And there's a lot of people in the community who aren't electeds who still feel the need to be a part of the conversation and mm-hmm. and keep that conversation moving forward. So there's a lot of smart people working on this and coming up with some solutions.
0: Talk a little bit about the regional approach, because that that certainly seems to be the case nowadays for so many things, whether it's housing, transportation, infrastructure. I mean, the regional is is really, it's a buzzword right now, but it's really a critical part of, of trying to move forward with any of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I look to what NVTA, Napa Valley Transportation Authority, did uh, when they started, and they really took a problem that was had been siloed within each community, and they were able to regionalize it, so to speak, um, and, and take a better, bigger, broader approach to it. And I think that's something we could definitely do with housing. Um, right now, we have a lot of different committees that have formed just of people who are concerned. We have the county wanting to do things. We have the city wanting to do things. But there's not that bigger conversation happening. Um, And I think having a regional approach to housing would make a lot of sense. Talk about
0: what those conversations need to be about, because they're conversations that go beyond, and you touched on it a moment ago in terms of of how big do we want to be, how Mm -hmm. high do we want to build, etc., what do those conversations need to look like in terms of defining how we are going to define ourselves as a community?
1: Yeah, and there's different things that need to be discussed. So one of the first things that people always jump to is coming up with money for housing. Um, so the, the measure that was recently passed um, comes up with, you know, a certain number of millions of dollars for each jurisdiction. Um People get excited about that, but that doesn't really create housing. And, right. and it's the housing a that it's wonderful that we have the money, but it doesn't fix the problem. The problem is that we don't have enough housing and it's so expensive. So then you take a look at, well, what's making it expensive? What are we doing at the city and the county in the planning departments to make it easier for, for developers to come in? But then you ultimately get to this question of, but how many units do we need to build? You know, and that's, that's a bigger question that we really don't talk about. We kind of let the state tell us what our numbers should be. And we don't as a community come together and say, hey, you need to hit your numbers. You need to hit your numbers over here. Why don't we work together and build something in the city where it makes sense? And let's combine money. Let's combine, you know source our, you know, our sources and, and try and tackle it together. And I think there's going to have to be legislation at the state level to make that happen so that we can allocate some of those numbers. Um, but I think the potential is there. and We're not the only community that's looking at this. Mm-hmm. When we
0: look at it in, in this community, talk a little bit about what you hear from people. And, you know, you heard a lot, obviously, during the election campaign with respect to, to how big are they willing to see Napa become in order to, to create the kind of housing that we're talking about?
1: Depends on who you ask. You know, there's a lot of people who say Napa is just too expensive. But also, I don't want to change Napa. I don't change a thing. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, that doesn't solve the problem. Um, I I would say that there most people um, agree that Napa can go up, um, especially in the downtown core area. Um, a lot of people say that we need to have a mix of housing. Yes, we need to have denser, you know, apartment buildings and things like that, but we also need to have some single family homes where that makes sense. And we need to have places where um, families can age in place where we have maybe ADUs um, and things like that. We need more flexibility in our housing to kind of tackle all the different, different ways um, that people live.
0: Is there a realization, do you think, out there among some people, that so much of this grows out of, and it's certainly true in Napa, it's it's a more complicated issue statewide, from no growth policies for so long, for people saying, you know, let's keep growth at 1% a year, and let's not grow, and let's not build anything, and let's, you know, be tough Mm -hmm. on every project, and this is where it's led us to.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I, I was here, what, two months ago, three months ago, talking about balance, and how we need balance, and For so long, we fought with this idea of no growth versus too much growth and too much growth for tourism and development and things like that. We really just need to know what it is that our goal is, what it is that we want to be. What kind of community do we want to be? Do we want to be um, a place where tourism um, is the number one priority? Do we want to be somewhere where we're a little bit more balanced? Whatever that goal is, then we can work towards it. Um, But right now we have people who want nothing and people who want everything. Um, And as a result, we have some conflicting policies.
0: And how do, in your opinion, as, as an elected at this point, how do you think that we move towards, or how would you move towards, trying to find some kind of consensus in all of
1: this. Yeah, it all comes down to community engagement, and even with something like the Civic Center where people should be paying attention, we really struggle to get people involved in the conversation and paying attention. I think the general plan, at least from the city's perspective, the general plan is a great opportunity for us to, to have those conversations about what do we want to be. Um, but, you know, that involves engaging the community and making sure people are paying attention. And when you say general plan committee, that's not the sexiest thing that people right. want eyes, to- or, wanna.
0: or eyes glaze over. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. People, you know, it's not that they don't care. It's just, well, you know, I have other priorities with my time. We really need to engage people better. How do we do that? You know, <laughs> workshops are how they've done it in the past. I think personally- um, It's not that expensive to mail things to people. You can mail something to every address in Napa and it doesn't cost that much money. Um, Websites are good. Social media has proven to be really critical. Um, there's lots of different ways out there that we can do it. Um, we just need a more of a holistic approach to how we engage with people. Do you think that
0: there's a sense, I mean, and, and you know these people, I mean, yes, you've only been on the council this time a short time, right? But, <laughs> but you've been there before, and you've certainly been involved in, in the community and in the city. A sense of willingness to try some new things. I mean, you talk about mailing, it sounds primitive in a way, but yet, it's what everybody uses during the campaign. You get your message out there. If you don't mail, you don't win. I exactly. Mean, it's really that Exactly.
1: I would say more so this time around on council. I see much more willingness to try new things, um, to look at things a different way. Um, much more progress, I would say, is being made. Um, yeah, people are more open.
0: And social media, certainly. I mean, if it yeah. can be harnessed in the right way and get people to participate in the right way without... Being rude or unpleasant. Yeah, uh, and it's things not, that can happen. But. It's
1: not just um, you know communication in the normal forms that we look at. There's also you know a huge segment of our population that speaks Spanish, and what are we doing to reach our Spanish-speaking constituents? Um, it's not always going to be in the mail. It's not always going to be on a website. It's not always going to be on social media. And frankly, a lot of those things we post in English. So we've got to overcome that barrier too talk
0: about that, what what are your thoughts in terms of engaging the Hispanic community more?
1: Yeah, I've had this idea that I'm, hopefully hopefully we can try and get it done in the next few years. I'd like to see, um, in addition to our uh, public information officer, I'd like to see not an equivalent, but almost equivalent role of somebody who is more of a community outreach person for the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. So somebody who would not only provide translation services, but also interpretation services. So somebody who could be at the city every city council meeting who could interpret and you know if somebody wanted to speak a public comment they could interpret for them if they had questions we could hear them um, but also translating our website and translating all of the documents or all of our agendas all of each department going through each department and seeing what forms they have and going through there but also making it a concerted effort to really reach people where they are right. um, and that's been a struggle That we haven't even really tried to tackle yet Um, but that's a position that i would like to see napa work on in the next few years
0: let me be sort of critical of government for for just a moment here (laughs) why does that have to take i mean it's a great idea why does that have to take a couple of years the idea of you call it a hispanic outreach pio call Mm -hmm. it whatever you want But to bring that kind of person in to do outreach in the community, to to be doing that full time, to bring information from the city to the community and from the community to the city. Why does that have to take two years?
1: Yeah, it's a great idea. Pat myself on the back for that. But, you know, we have a lot of great ideas in every department. We have a desperate need for more police officers. We need a new police station. We need a new city hall. We need a new fire station. We have so many competing demands as a city that we have to prioritize. And when we prioritize things, it takes years for us to shuffle things around to try and get everything done that needs to be done. So yes, I think that that's really important, but we all have to be, the whole council has to be on the same page. Um, And it's got to get in line behind other projects that have been waiting to get done too.
0: Right, but those projects, I mean... Whether it's more police or what, whatever, I mean, they have strong constituencies. Yes. Um, the pol- I, I'm not picking on the police. You mentioned sure. it. You know, they have a strong constituency. They make their voice heard loud mm-hmm. and clear. Things may not get done as fast as they want, but they make their voice heard loud and clear. Sure. Not necessarily true of the Hispanic community, which is why this seems to be more important in some ways.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. So,
0: mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about some of the other things that, that you would like to see happen you know, over the next couple of years, not the long-term yeah. kind of pie-in-the-sky goals, but the practical yeah, issues I, I of think, day-to-day governing, as I said at the outset.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the last time I was here talking to you, I think, I can't remember, I think you asked me if what were the first things I would want to get done in right. office, and so I'm happy to say that those are the things that I'm working on right now. First and foremost was staffing. Um, right now the city has troubles with staffing um the very first thing that we did when liz and i got on was we helped uh, we helped appoint steve potter as the city manager really important key position and from there he felt like he could then go ahead and, and move forward with picking his team so he's made some really strong um You know, strong appointments already within his team, and that's so crucial to providing city services. So that was number one is just getting our team together, getting people we trust, um, and, you know, figuring out where the weaknesses are within the team and just fixing that. So that was number one, and we're still very much working Mm -hmm. on that, but that's going to take – A couple years before we're really solid in each department and then the other big thing which we're working on which is going to take forever um, unfortunately it's just a big project is the Civic Center you know that was my biggest concern during the election um, and that was one of the first things we had a special meeting I think my second week in office and went forward with that and uh, upon my suggestion we Uh, created an ad hoc committee to kind of delve into how do we fix this problem? How do we move forward with something that works for everyone? Um, And Scott Sedgley and I, Vice Mayor Sedgley and I, are working on that right now. Mm -hmm. So that's going to take some time, and that's going to really take a lot of my time personally, Mm -hmm. at least for the next six months.
0: Is there a sense of urgency to that project, or is there the sense that there are things that are more important, that... The, you know, yes, facilities may not be great, and yes, it may be more efficient if everybody was in one building, but the world is not going to end if that doesn't happen tomorrow.
1: No, it's it's actually pretty urgent. Um, you know, the cost of construction continues to go up every day. It gets harder and harder to find construction workers in California. We have a severe shortage of skilled workers in California, especially in construction, and it is only going to get harder and more expensive the longer that we wait to do this. Um, if we keep putting it off, we're going to have some serious problems down the road.
0: Mm-hmm. What kind of problem?
1: Uh, well, our city hall is falling apart. Our police right. station is falling apart. Um, we don't have room in our evidence area for all of the evidence that we actually have. So then we have serious issues in just you know going through the criminal justice system and and getting mm-hmm. things taking care of things in an efficient manner. Um, our our facilities are not good. And because we've been having this conversation for 10 years now about building a new city hall and a new police station, things have been deferred. And now all of that's catching up with us. Mm-hmm. And we're having to kind of decide, are we going to fix things? Or are we going to move forward on this? Um, and it is urgent. Talk a little bit about what you see in terms of some of the, the national issues
0: that are percolating around, whether it's worried about housing, whether it's about what community needs really are, social and class divisions within the community, uh, immigration issues. To what extent do you see those kind of things filtering down into the city conversation?
1: I think people are certainly talking about those issues, um, and it comes up. In terms of city governance, um, we see less of that. There's more, you know, let's fix our sidewalks, let's fix our streets, let's do capital improvements. Um, You know, the big thing that we talk about at the national level, which really does play into what the city does, is the economy. Um, You know, (laughs) we're looking at probably a recession coming soon. Um, We're having to have some really tough conversations about what that looks like at the city level um, and at the federal level.
0: And at the city level, on the one hand, there's concern about a downturn in the economy. On the other hand, when we look at the economy now, and and sort of the way it has been, we're a lot more fortunate than so many other cities. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Is there the realization of that? Absolutely. I mean, we we know that Napa is in a bit of a bubble, and we do a lot of financial forecasting. Everything we, every time we meet, every time we make a decision, we're looking five years down the road, ten years down the road. What's it, how is this going to impact Napa down the road? Um, We are in a bit of a bubble, but that doesn't mean that doesn't affect us, Uh, especially with so much of our budget starting to be taken up by T.O.T. Um, A lot of our revenue is coming from transient occupancy tax, which is very elastic. Uh, It changes depending on the economy. When the economy goes south, people stop taking vacations and they're going to probably stop coming to Napa. Um, That means, though, that people who live closer might be coming to Napa instead of going on a bigger trip somewhere else. So it just changes things. It's something that we have to be wary of. Um, We are protected somewhat by our sales tax and our property tax, um, but that is a concern that we have to just plan for. Mm
0: -hmm. And talk a little bit about what you see in terms of city-county cooperation, practically speaking. Not not in the in the grand. Oh, yeah, we all want to get along. Right. but but what do you see on the ground? Day
1: I'm to day? really excited about city and county cooperation right now. And I will tell you just anecdotally, I've you know been working on the civic center for for the, this month now. Um, and I just ran into a couple of supervisors yesterday. They were having coffee, and I said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And I threw some ideas at them, and they were like, "Gosh, nobody's even asked us that before." And we got to have a really good conversation about, you know, really important things that impact both the city and the county. Nobody's ever had those conversations. So it's it's been really good so far. It's been very eye-opening. I think it helps having younger supervisors and, you know, newer people on both boards, um, people that are coming in with a fresh face and don't have, you know, they don't remember bad things happening. They don't have bad blood. It's just everything is new and fresh and we're looking at things a different way. So it's really exciting. Do you feel that
0: that as a younger member of the council, as a newer member of the council, that you are fighting a certain amount of inertia? I mean, one of the things that's going on at the same time is kind of, and you, you referenced it a little while ago, kind of rebuilding the city's personnel infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So that's really an opportunity for new people to make a mark, talk about that.
1: Yeah, I would say the first time I was on council, I definitely felt the inertia. It was, you know, I'd come up with an idea and I'd talk to somebody about it and it's like, well, that's not the way we've always done it. So that's, you know, we'll have to put that in our idea folder, circular folder. Um, This time around, you know, not everybody is new, but there are a lot of new faces. And when you propose something new, everybody kind of listens and, and responds to it and thinks, yeah, we could do that. And maybe, you know, there's more collaboration happening, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but yeah, it, it is more exciting this time.
0: Feel like the council's different this time in general yes. than when you were on it last time?
1: Yes. More fun? Different. I mean, yes, more. My last council was also really fun. We (laughs) did a lot of good things, and you know, we had a great time doing it. Um, It definitely feels different this time. It feels exciting, and it feels. I don't know, yeah, just exciting. Like, we we really are going to accomplish a lot in the next few years.
0: The critical part, it seems, and, and we're just about out of time, but the critical part is to be able to take advantage of this new energy and new enthusiasm and new people coming in mm-hmm. and not let it just get frittered away until people well you know that's the way we've always done it because that could happen too the momentum goes away
1: that's the trouble with government um you know and i learned that the first time around you know bureaucracy and just how slow everything moves and how much more expensive everything is this time around you know i understand that it's more expensive and it takes longer but that doesn't mean we can't do it and get those things in there um, get those things into our priorities so it just feels different this time
0: Mary Louros, thanks so much for uh, kicking off the new year with us.
1: Thanks for having me. Happy New Year.
0: Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.